Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this episode of The History Of, presented by the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one home for sports podcasts. I'm your host, Wolfie Tash. In 1984, Los Angeles, California became the ninth city in the world to host the Olympics more than once. However, more importantly, the 1984 Olympics were known as one of the most financially successful Olympic Games in the history of the event and became a staple for how cities should go about hosting the Olympics in future years. So, how did Los Angeles, of all cities, set the precedent for how the world should run the Olympic Games? This is the history of the 1984 Olympics. Prior to Los Angeles making its bid to host the 1984 Olympics, many cities around the world were extremely hesitant to host the Games. In the previous three Olympic Games, there had been boycotts from the 1980 Olympics by the U.S., one of the biggest financial disappointments in Olympic history in the 1976 Olympics, and overall the Games had become less popular over the previous decade. Due to all this, only two cities had made serious proposals to host, and they were Los Angeles, California, and Tehran, Iran. However, just before the final selection of those cities, Iran pulled their bid after changing some of their country's policies, so Los Angeles was eventually awarded the Olympics. Los Angeles had lost out on the bids in 1976 and 1980 for the Olympics, and the USA had not hosted a summer game since 1932 when it was last in Los Angeles, so this was a big win for both the city of LA and the country. Once the decision was made official in May of 1978, L.A. got to work on creating an Olympic-ready city. One of the biggest challenges for the L.A. Olympic Committee was that the 1984 Olympics were going to be the first games to be privately funded and to not be funded by the government. So, led by local businessman Peter Uberoth, the Olympic Committee got together and decided they were going to make some changes on how they went about creating the right setting for the games. For starters, the committee decided they were going to use already existing venues for many of their events as they could cut back on the costs of building new arenas for games. One of the biggest costs of running the Olympics and hosting the Olympics is making sure that there are enough places to hold all the events. However, LA decided they were going to only make two new venues and both of them were going to be completely privately funded. The Olympic Velodome, which was funded by 7-Eleven, and the Olympic Swim Stadium, which was funded by McDonald's, were going to be the only two new venues created for this event because they were able to secure corporate funding for most of these venues, and these venues were able to be built quickly and efficiently. In total, 11 venues in Los Angeles and 21 other venues across Southern California were used in these games, meaning that 30 of the 32 venues used only had to be redecorated and refurbished before the start of the games. The next piece that came into play was the TV deals. For the first time on U.S. soil, ABC bought the exclusive rights to broadcast the Olympics for $225 million, and that money went towards construction and refurbishments for the Games. The committee had also decided that instead of building a completely new Olympic village, they were going to use colleges in the city for the Olympic villages for the athletes to live in. Now, colleges already had lots of empty rooms due to the fact that students were on summer break during the Olympics, so college dorms at schools like USC and UCLA were turned into residential areas for athletes and coaches. 
In total, the LA Olympics costs the city and the planning committee a roughly $546 million to put down on it. Now, this may seem like a lot, but when you compare it to the cost of other Olympics, like 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio, which cost $4.6 billion, the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, which cost $40 billion, and the Sochi Winter Olympics, which cost $51 billion, making it the most expensive Olympics ever, the LA Olympics kind of feels like a steal. And even if you count for the cost of inflation, the cost of the LA Olympics today would have been approximately $1.3 billion. And when you compare that to the others, you really see just what a great job Uberoth and his team did to cut back on the costs. Thanks to their efforts, the games would make a profit of $232.5 million, approximately $575 million today. And the region was able to keep about $93 million of those profits. And those profits went towards creating LA84, which is a company that was built to better academics and athletics throughout the city of Los Angeles. About one year before the 1984 Olympics, however, 14 countries partnered together to boycott the Olympics in response to the U.S.-led protests of the 1980 Olympics hosted by the Soviet Union. These countries included Afghanistan, Cuba, East Germany, the Soviet Union, North Korea, and, you know, another handful of enemies of the U.S. that were protesting the fact that the U.S. led a protest in the 1980 Olympics that caused the Soviet Union-hosted Olympics to lose a lot of participants. However, even with those 14 countries not participating, there were still 6,829 athletes across 140 nations who chose to participate in the Olympic Games. The opening ceremony consisted of lighting the torch, which had been carried across 9,332 miles between 3,636 runners, one of which actually who was O.J. Simpson, culminating with Rafford Johnson, the winner of the 1960 decathlon, lighting the rings to officially open up the Olympic Games. Artists such as John Williams, Etta James, and Toto created the music for the Games, and Williams' song that he composed became the theme song for the Games, went on to win a Grammy, and became one of the most recognizable songs in Olympic history. To this day, we still use Williams' opening song to open up each and every Olympics on the coverage each year. So the next time you hear that, dun, 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 you'll know John Williams made that. Now, in the 1980 Olympics, the Soviet Union had set an Olympic record by winning 80 gold medals at the game, and the USA decided that they were going to do them one better in the 1984 Olympics. The USA won an astounding 174 medals throughout the game, nearly 37% of all the medals won, including a record-setting 83 gold medals. And to be honest with you, the U.S. was not even close to being caught by another country. Now, the U.S. did have a slight advantage because they had far and beyond the most competitors with 552 athletes. However, if you compare them to Canada, who had 439 athletes, the second most, Canada only took home 44 gold medals. That meant 33% of the U.S. athletes who competed in the Games took home some kind of medals at those Olympics, and it had been the first time since 1968 where the U.S. had led the medal count. So, the 1984 Olympics changed the way the world goes about holding the Olympics for the better. 
While some countries still chose to overspend and overbuild, as evidenced by Rio, Sochi, and Beijing, there were still other Olympics, like the ones in Barcelona and Atlanta, who learned from the success of the 1984 Olympics. In 2028, Los Angeles will become the third city in the history of the Games to have hosted three separate Olympics, London and Paris being the only two other stadiums. And Los Angeles has already begun the process of preparing the city for the Games with the construction of SoFi Stadium, which is set to open in 2020 and will be the new host of the opening ceremonies, improvement and expansion on LA's metro rail system, and the refurbishment of all the big colleges in the area such as USC, UCLA, and LMU, LA is preparing for another successful showing of the Games. While the city is still far away from being completely ready to host the Games, I have no doubt that the city of LA will be able to show the world once again just how it's done when it comes to the Olympics. By the way, before we wrap things up here today, I want to give a quick shout out to the NCAA for the decision they made this past week. On Tuesday, October 29th, the NCAA officially made it legal for athletes to begin making money off their likeness, and I think it is an extremely big win and a great day for student athletes everywhere. It'll be interesting to see how the bill is reconstructed going forward, but the student athletes everywhere should take this as a ginormous win. And with that, thank you all so much for listening today. Be sure to check out the next episode of The History Of coming soon. And check out the Believe Podcast Network for other great sports podcasts like this one. If you ever have a question on how The History Of is made, feel free to hit me up on Facebook or Twitter at Wolfie Tash. I'm Wolfie Tash, and you've been listening to The History Of on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one home for sports podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.